0: Uh, Welcome, hello, to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, Your Statistics in Sports
1: podcast. I am among your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm among the hosts as well, the other host, the only other host, Corwin Heller. And welcome to today's show. This is our final
0: recording session of 2020, our final episode release of 2020. Uh, We're recording this on December 30th, fresh off. Padres Town Week as the uh, San Diego Padres have done some serious additions to their roster which is what we'll be spending today talking about um, I'll, a quick shout out to everyone listening to this, thank you for once again tuning in for uh, for another year of juicing the numbers as we head into January it will be our uh, our second, no third, yeah our third anniversary, second anniversary, third anniversary first anniversary, I don't know how you count it It'll be the third year. I don't know what I'm doing. It'll be our third year of doing the show. Um, Yeah, I guess it'll be a a second anniversary, because the one that happened. You wouldn't say it's your second wedding anniversary the year after you got married. So it'll be the second anniversary of juicing the numbers, and that's exciting shit.
1: Yeah, I can't believe we've been doing it this long and still talk to each other. I
0: know who to thunk it. The possibilities here are endless. Um... So that being said, I guess let's talk about the Padres since that's, um, we have, uh, we have some time constraints today we're working around, which is no big deal, but, uh, want to make sure we get going with it. We'll take it in chronological order and talk about the Padres getting Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Raids. So this came in, um, as you know, official Twitter biz, but not official MLB biz on December 28th, um. The Padres announced or uh, had agreed to a deal in which they were to acquire Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for Luis Patino, Francisco Mejia, and Blake Hunt and Cole Wilcox. Um, so this sends former Cy Young winner uh, Blake Snell to the Padres, um, a man who has been. Well, really fucking good, as Corn and I talked about in the wake of his early pull in the World Series this past year, and has, who is also a rather cheap player, um, which is one of the things that makes this to be such a bizarre move. Now, um, Tampa Bay has well been known for their, their quote-unquote fleecing of trades, um, and by not being sentimental and moving on from uh, players when they feel as though they have reached the turning point in their value or can attain higher value elsewhere. But this is a confusing one that um, I'm, I think Corbin and I are going to spend some time with concerning the fact that for the next three seasons, 2021, 20, 22, and 23, um, Blake Snell was set to make $11 million, $13 million, and $16 million in each of those respective seasons. Which, for a team, for a Cy Young-winning starting pitcher, Ain't fucking bad at all. Those three seasons combined are slightly more than one year of Garrett Cole for the Yankees. Obviously, two different teams in two different situations, but still, this is an odd one. So, Corwin, I want to hear from you first as a Padres fan. How do you feel about this move?
1: Oh, I mean, as a Padres fan, I am absolutely ecstatic about getting a guy of Blake Snell's uh, caliber his success and what he's capable of doing. You know, pitching was our biggest weak point last season, and it's kind of where we faltered after injuries. And to be able to get a guy that's cost-controlled for three seasons for what is essentially, you know, not our top pitching prospect, but probably our second-highest pitching prospect in Luis Patino. And Maia, who was formerly a mega prospect but has kind of really lowered his value after not performing all that much and a couple of younger guys that really wouldn't make a difference for contending team i i can't help but still be ecstatic just thinking about it i mean losing patino obviously is is sucky you know he's gonna have a fantastic career but at the end of the day he's a prospect and as good as he is capable of being and likely will be he's not a sure thing the way Blake Snell is Blake Snell has that proven track record he has the hardware the dude won a Cy Young and an incredible season has had injuries that have kind of prevented him from regaining any level of success and at the end of the day it's like that's a trade you make ten times out of ten. I mean I would grade this as an A for the Padres. You are, you know, sacrificing some some key farm pieces, but with as deep as the farm system is for the Padres, it's it's really you know, cost of doing business and not something anyone should, you know, be concerned about. I love this trade.
0: Yeah, I I think this trade is it's impactful in terms of the quality of player being moved? Of course, you know. Um, just to just to reiterate, um, Blake Snell it, is a phenomenal starting pitcher. He won a Cy Young in 2018. That's very recent. He pitched to a higher ERA last year in 2019 with a 4.29 ERA, and, uh, but the underlying stats suggest that he was probably better than that by a decent amount, and then returned form a lot in 2020, even though it was a shortened season and uh, returned to a bit more normal with a 3.2 uh 4 ERA, even though his uh, some of his underlying stats were a little bit all over the place. But regardless, this is this is a very very good pitcher. Um and it's a great move for the Padres because like you just said, they don't need um Blake Hunt or Cole Wilcox to be contributors anytime soon so moving on from them is a non-issue um francisco mejia is a i think still a pretty promising prospect but it just doesn't it just doesn't matter right now
1: um yeah i don't think it will be a future uh, i just don't see that being his future moving forward
0: uh yeah i'm finding it hard to disagree and Luis patino with the other additions um between snell and um uh, Darvish. It just it also it just really doesn't matter. I think this is more a conversation about what the Rays are to baseball and whether or not we should be thrilled about that. Um, mm-hmm. And also why the fact the Padres got Snell and the fact that more teams didn't do this because starting pitching is always the biggest thing when it comes to um, free agency because every team needs needs starting pitching. Not every team needs a first baseman, not every team needs a third baseman, not every team needs a shortstop or or a center fielder or an outfielder, but every team always has the off, uh for off-season need of starting pitching. And for a starting pitcher, this isn't huge, especially because there's no like there's no asterisks here with uh oh, but they got to chew on a lot of salary. No. No, they don't um it's it's weird that the Padres got him for only this, and I don't know what that really says about the the market we're heading into this year, which seems like you're to say because the, again, the money snow is earning is not insane um or what they said about how tightly we're prospect hugging these days as as uh leagues or as teams within this league that they're not willing to let go of a few guys like the Yankees could have done this the Dodgers could have done this um the fucking White Sox probably could have done this too it's it's a it's odd it's it, it's it's big like Luis Patino and Francisco he are really good prospects but it's not insane you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm. and it really just comes down to you know this is a seller year where all of these teams are trying to shed costs because of everything that's gone on last season um you know all the uncertainty that comes with it teams are just trying to shed money shed payroll um and it's a buyer's market where you know so few teams are actually buying everyone's trying to sell that you can afford to get these kind of deals because as much as every team needs a guy like Snell, the owners and front offices are looking at you know what's been going on this season and what's likely to go on next season, and they don't want to invest that kind of capital right now. And if we're being honest, I don't get it. I don't get why you don't see. Hey, we are you know billion dollar corporations. We are at a point where yes, we are coming off of a year where we've made the lowest amount of money we probably made in the past, you know, 30 years. At the same time, there's very low risk of any of these teams, you know, folding, an incredibly small risk. I don't really see why any one of these front offices would look at this, see the disproportionate value that they could get some of these players for and not really take advantage of the situation. There are teams with wealthy owners that by all means have the ability to dig into their, you know, war chests, their coffers and pay for some players that they can get at a discount because of the market for, you know, small money teams. I don't get why everyone's scared to spend money right now. You know, the Padres like we're gonna talk about with the rest of this have basically single-handedly won free agency over the span of two days. I don't really get why a historically small market team like the Padres can all of a sudden decide, hey, we're going to spend a ton of money, which they did, and they are investing. They're putting out a team that is, at this point, the clear favorite for the World Series next year up there with the Dodgers. Why other teams can't do that? I know not every team has the capability to do so, I understand that. But the fact that no one can do anything at all is just ridiculous. It's frustrating for baseball as a whole,
0: yeah, and, and, and it's just odd because I, I think the reason we we're seeing, we're going to see, uh, in addition, to the forward looking aspect of it. Um, a quieter off season is I think every owner wants to use the excuse of COVID to spend less money. So, and cause they all know damn well that they're still going to make money next year. Even if fans can't come into the stands, they're going to make money next year. I'm willing to bet that while all these companies, which baseball teams are probably are going to declare financial losses, um, on their taxes, they all still fucking made money. Um, because uh, of television rights and merchandise and all that shit, I understand, you know, 81, 82 home games is still plenty of revenue incoming, but I just can't imagine that's... I, 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 I don't believe that's the main source of revenue these days. Anyway, um, the problem is, every team has that excuse. So if you want to be, you know, like the fucking people who own the Cubs, the Ricketts? I forget. Um, And saying, oh, well, we can't afford to have you, Darvish. We had a tough year. Fucking everybody did. It's not like when the Wilpons fell for a Ponzi scheme and then couldn't keep buying players because they dumped all their money into Bernie Madoff. Every team is going through this right now. And to say that you were more or less adversely affected when also, by the way, we have seen plenty of data during the course of this year that suggests that the ultra wealthy class only got wealthier during the pandemic due to um, investment accounts. I don't really buy this as an excuse, but I think that's what it is. I think this is an excuse. I think it's owners trying to hoard money to go into next season because they know they're going to make it back no matter what and they can lie. Or at least they think they can lock. In terms of that, my, my wealthy owner's rant for the day, uh, in in terms of how this really shakes out, for the Padres, this is obviously amazing. Um, I think it's easy to look at this in the short term as being the Mike Clevenger replacement, as Mike Clevenger is um, going to be out this whole year recovering from Tommy John surgery. So as it would stand, again, we're pretending that the Darvish trade has not happened yet, as it would stand... Oh, no, that,
1: the, that's been
0: no, no, I know. I know. I'm know. i saying that we haven't talked about
1: oh, it. Oh, because we haven't talked about it. Okay. Right. I get it. So
0: as I it get stands it. in this moment, or well, not literally this moment, you know what I mean, um, the moment. 2021 Padres starting rotation would be, in some order, uh, Zach Davies, dinelson Lamette, Chris Paddock, Garrett Richards, um, Blake Snell, uh, and Garrett then like, Joey Lucchese. What about Richards?
1: Richards is a free agent.
0: Oh, that's right. He is. You're right. So then Joey Lucchese or, you know, Cal Quantrill or whoever is going to take up those other innings elsewhere.
1: But that's likely the- would be Mackenzie Gore. Okay. Coming up. Granted, you know, top five prospects in baseball, top pitching prospect in baseball, nothing to scoff at, but he would be the guy coming in where, in my mind, I think it would go Lamette, Snell, Paddock gore and then davies would probably be the four instead of the five
0: man you would know better than me uh i want to make sure we get time to talk about darver so i'm going to finish this point up real quick the Rays' starting rotation as it stands right now is in a massive question mark uh because as of right now there's there are five starting pitches from last season where tyler glass now ryan Yarbrough, blake snell charlie morton and josh fleming with blake snell and charlie morton now gone if i had to venture a guess my guess would be that the Rays have decided, um, rightfully or, or, or unjustfully, who's to say so far, um, that they can get the same level of production, if not better, for cheaper out of relief pitchers, and we'll be seeing an exponential increase in um, reliever-only games coming out of the, the Rays organization going forward. How will that work over the course of a full 162-game season instead of, um, you know, one to two relief games, um, as they have been doing. that's tough to say, but if I had to guess, based on the fact that they've let their two best starters walk, that's what I would venture to say. But the Rays' pitching situation, long been their strong suit, um, looks very vulnerable now, missing two big in- innings eaters.
1: Yeah, I mean, Patino is definitely ready to start in you know the rotation. I think if they stretched him out over, you know, spring training or whatnot, you know, he'd be fully capable of of starting this year in the bigs. That being said, when was the last time a World Series contender, not even a contender, someone who was in the World Series, a World Series, you know, AL pennant winning team, loses the World Series and then essentially starts a minor teardown of its pitching staff?
0: I I, have no
1: idea. This is kind of crazy to me. Like, we kind of knew Snell was going to be on the move because of how unhappy he was and the way they were utilizing him. But this just seems kind of crazy, you know? I don't know. Like, Morton leaving at his age, okay. I kind of get it. But I don't know. Overall, the situation, you can kind of rationalize. But, like, from a top-down high-level view it's just kind of it's weird to see
0: oh it is it is bizarre. um i find a fucking day um because i find this situation be fascinating but I think, I think we'll agree that the uh, Darvish situation is just as fucking interesting, if not slightly more. Um, so let's get into that. So the same day, um, December 28th, that, that, the, that the Padres uh, acquired Snell, um, or at least it was, it was heavily, heavily um, insinuated that it was all but a done deal. The rumors kept started flying out that they also were to acquire Hugh Darvish in a trade from the Chicago Cubs. So the Padres um, got you, Darvish, and catcher Victor Caratini uh, in exchange for Zach Davies, Reginald Preciado, Jason Santana, Owen Casey, and Ismael Mena. Mena? Mania. No, there's no Tilda. Um, in addition, the Cubs will retain part of Darvish's salary Which makes this truly bizarre. Um, So, Corwin, initial reaction on this deal, sending you, Darvish, to San Diego?
1: In all honesty, I cannot, off the top of my head, remember a deal so lopsided in baseball. Like, the Chris Archer trade we knew was a joke at the time, and obviously we've talked about that extensively because of the connection to it, but at least Chris Archer was, you know, believed to carry some value himself and, and had been a proven track record kind of pitcher with at one point, some promise. I, i cannot imagine trading a Cy Young runner up two time Cy Young runner up for a bag of balls, a bunch of slapdick prospects and retaining salary and sending over uh, a fairly promising catcher i it's fucking insanity to me
0: yeah. like this is the
1: kind of deal you make a gunpoint if this I, happened in a fantasy league this would have been vetoed 10 times over i don't i, I do not understand this trade
0: no no this, this there's nothing to understand with this Um. Because this is this is comedic, so they're they're trading away you, Darvish, who still has three years of team control, um, and those years are for twenty-two million, nineteen million, and eighteen million, decreasing amounts of money over time. Uh, and again, even that's not an outrageous amount of money for a guy who is um, the all-time leader in strikeouts per nine. Like, he's a really, really fucking good pitcher. It's absolutely bizarre. And to say that it's them trying to cut costs, again, along with the Snell trade, that's not that much money. All things considered. I think part of why the Cubs feel as though they can do this, in addition to the fact that they want to be cheap this year, is that. Their division is fucking trash. Um, The Pirates are bad. The Reds were fine last season, but losing Bauer is going to make them a lot worse, so they're probably not going to be very good. I can't imagine the Cardinals are going to be too consistent. I'm not going to say that they're going to be bad or good, but they're a wild card. And as are the Brewers, as they never put it together last year and have only been barely getting to the playoffs the couple of years that they did. Um, so I'm going to bet that the Cubs, if they're not committing to a teardown with Darvish being the first domino to fall, that they think that they can just kind of get by in this division the same way the Indians thought that they could get by in the AL Central a few years ago by doing absolutely nothing and letting players go. And then, surprise, surprise, other teams in the division got better because that's how baseball works and then they weren't hot shit in the division anymore with the Twins and the White Sox picking up steam. That's what I'm going to bet this is. But still, the way they went about it doesn't make sense, because if I am... Because it feels like they're going halfway with it. If I'm going to take back such a mediocre return in one year of Zach Davies um, and then a bunch of guys, why not ask? the Padres to take all of the contract from Darvish instead of picking up a portion of it. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: I, I could at least understand the goal of the Padres or the goal of the Cubs. If they were to retain all of that money, I, I can't, at this point, when they are eating salary and doing the rest of this. I don't get it. Like I can't get it. No. I just don't understand. I I don't get it either.
0: So so this trade is two shortstops, two outfielders, and Zach Davies. And you know, the um Cubs outfield ain't shit. Um they're, they're, they're bad. Kyle Schwarber's bad. Ian is eh. Um, Jason Hayward's, eh. Um, they both had good seasons last year, but they're both also very up-and-down players. I get wanting to strengthen that position. Um, middle of the infield, I guess, they're looking for second baseman and maybe an eventual David Bode replacement, uh, since I don't think they're moving on from Javi Baez anytime. Report is that they're also trying to move on from Wilson Contreras, which... And since chances are um, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo won't be there for very long since uh, they hate this fucking organization, um, I'm guessing this is going to be the beginning of the end for the Cubs. But if you're going to do that, why not get more? Like, why not, why not target higher end prospects or some more, I don't know, blue chip guys for who is one of the best players at his position in New Darvish coming off a second place I finish, um, then what make it seem more like what it what I guess they're treating it as, which is a salary dump. Um it's 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 just so odd.
1: I really don't see how they couldn't have gotten such higher return. You know, they could have gotten some serious they could have got some serious prospects back for a guy like you, Darvish, where you don't need five guys under the age of you know twenty that aren't going to play for the next four or five seasons. I, I just, I really, really just cannot wrap my head around it, and it seems to be that Cubs fans are very much in agreement where they just cannot wrap their heads around why this team would be doing it at this point.
0: And I'm going to also ask the same question I asked with the last group we talked about, which is why didn't more teams do this? This still feels weird. Darvish is not owed that much money and apparently didn't cost that much in prospects and honestly probably could have cost even less in prospects if the trading team ended up asking, you know, saying that they would be cool with taking on all of his salary Instead of part of it to cut down on the number of prospects they gave up, because one major leaguer that has a year left of control and four prospects who I'm still trying to find the rankings of doesn't seem like that much to give up.
1: So all of the all of the what was it, five prospects? Four prospects. Were, at this point, you know, ranked fifth or eleven through eighteen in the Padres um Farm system, which seeing seeing how we had traded off a, a fair amount of guys last season as well, that's not really saying much. These were not high level guys.
0: No, it certainly doesn't seem like it's a, I haven't been able to do too much on it's uh it's just cheap. Is really all it is. It's just cheap. And, again, if you're a Padres fan, you're fucking thrilled, and very deservedly so. This is These are two—I mean, if no one else is doing it, then good on the Padres for being the team that's doing it, you know? Like, this is what you want every team to be doing. And the Padres rotation looks amazing now, and they still are going to end up having one of the better farm systems in all of baseball because of how little this ultimately costs them. The Padres are about to roll into 2020 with the rotation of you um, Darvish, Blake Snell, Denilson Lamette, Chris Paddock, and then um, whoever's going to take that those last two slots, the combination of players Corwin and I said earlier. Um, and then the year after that, you get to add added Mike Clevenger.
1: Yeah, and, and Mackenzie Gore is going to be right back yeah. up there at that point. That's, that's your five-man rotation right there. And all of those guys are... Cy Young capable pitchers that's insanity that's just how does that happen
0: I I I know it's
1: don't get me wrong I fucking love it but I just do not get how you allow this to happen
0: I I yeah I I can't help you yeah no fucking clue um, yeah, I, I don't
1: think he's better watch out,
0: man. Well, and that's the thing that that is that, that's bothering me is that I feel like, like, there's I feel like this is one of the signs of the inequality of quality in baseball, kind of fucking it up a little bit. So, if we look at The AL East, New York's only competition right now is really the Rays. Toronto is is a up and coming team, and I think they're going to be the a thorn in the side of the whole AL East for for a while. But I'm not sure they're there yet. Um, I know they made the playoffs last season, but they didn't do great, and um, I I don't believe in that team as a whole yet. Um, So it's really just the Yankees and the Rays, and I'm looking at the Rays' losses and. If the Yankees aren't gaining, they're at least not subtracting. Um, And I think that they think that they have a winner and they don't need to maintain. That seems dangerous. Look at the AL Central. The White Sox are adding. Uh, Cleveland isn't. And I don't remember seeing anything out of the Twins. Um, And the Twins have won that division two years straight. Cleveland's made the playoffs a bunch of years straight. And I don't think that they think they really need to do anything because... The Royals are bad, and the Tigers are bad. The Royals and Tigers are so bad that I don't think these two teams, they need to try very hard to make the playoffs. And same thing if you look at the West. Oakland and Houston are good. Seattle, LA, and Texas are all pathetic. And when you can harvest that many wins off of shit teams that you're going to end up playing 19 times a season, I I think some teams are looking at what it takes to get into the playoffs and what their odds are with. The massive discrepancies between good teams like it's it is so common now to have like three hundred win teams in baseball that used to be a huge deal, and it's still a big deal, but we see it all the time now and yeah. it's because they're taking team taking wins from other teams that maybe would have finished with seventy seventy five wins are now winning finishing their season with 50, 60 wins, and those discrepant wins are going towards top-heavy teams. And I think this is leading to a really weird place in baseball. Like, Look at the West. It's the Dodgers and the Padres and then everyone else's ass. Look at the Central. The whole division in the NL is ass, and they're all just banking on being the least ass team and that they'll make the playoffs. The NL East is actually trying, it seems, but the Phillies are starting to bow out of things a little bit, which is weird. Um, like, you either you get a handful of teams that are clearly trying, and then the vast majority of teams that really are just doing nothing. And I think this all comes down to the um, uh, the overages that teams have to pay for uh, for payroll. There's no reason that the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox or any of the teams that have traditionally run high payrolls shouldn't have taken Snell or Darvish if they had wanted to. But I think that they didn't because they're already at or over the um, luxury tax threshold and didn't want to continue facing the penalties.
1: And honestly, if the Dodgers made both of these trades, if the Yankees made both of these trades, What would we be sitting here saying? Oh my God, the Yankees and Dodgers are unfair for baseball because they can just buy these prospects in a year when no other team can. And we'd be talking shit about this because we would say it's unfair. It's, you know, anti competition. They're basically, you know, using their money and their prospects that they can afford to, you know, hoard and they're buying premier players we might be arguing like all right the cost is so low non you know high money teams non big money teams would be able to afford this but at the same time we would be forced to kind of say like this is ridiculous that only these two premier teams the two biggest teams in baseball are capable of affording and and getting these kind of players and because it's the padres who are so historically you know small market small you know cash bag, whatever you want to call it, call it, refer to it as whatever we're sitting here praising him for it. If's that fair, maybe, maybe not, but at the end of the day it's it's what it is
0: i so this this is this is the the rock in a hard place I find myself in because on the one hand, yes, that is the benefit is that you have the Padres now being able to be a contender or a player, I should say, in in the free agency market where they traditionally wouldn't be. But the reason they are able to do that is because we are artificially devaluing the value of players. If the big market teams aren't going to compete to drive up player prices, then watch that as their value diminishes. And it's yeah. weird because obviously I I want to see smaller market teams be able to get bigger players. You want to see that. Seeing the Padres of all teams running free agency this year is so fucking cool. Um, but it means that while the Padres aren't responsible for dishing out contracts of these two people, they are under, Darvish and Snell are under contract for the next three years. So it's that's a non-issue right now. They're receiving well below market rate for these players, even in terms of the transfer of players, um, which would help bolster other teams' as farm systems. Even that is at a reduction. And I'm just not sure what the long-term consequences of that really are. And because the payroll tax threshold is so new or the luxury tax threshold or whatever it's called, um, I I'm not sure if what we're seeing is a result of covid or if it's a result of better analysis or the padres being really gung-ho about stuff or if this could be a negative consequence of the luxury tax threshold um i don't i i'm i don't know i'm not sure but it it, i have a side eye look at it is how i'll put it but i'm happy for the padres
1: i'm very happy for the padres too
0: Um, So that rotation is going to look amazing. I am so excited for how that rotation is going to look. The 2021 Padres roster is going to be so much fun. The 2021 Cubs roster will be very confusing. And the 2021 Rays pitching rotation will be super weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I guess we'll keep an eye out for it.
1: Uh, Do you think this is enough to put them over top the Dodgers? But oh man,
0: I I had that question rattling around in my head since uh, since the Snell trade, and I honestly have no good answer for you. Um, it's tough because it's, it's difficult to compare 2020 season to 2020 season because it was a shortened year, um, and the Dodgers' um, uh, win percent in 2020 was ludicrous, and I just don't think any team would be able to sustain a... Whatever it was seven hundred win percent over the course it was of a like year, seven
1: twenty nine. It was crazy. Yeah,
0: and don't be wrong. That's not me saying that the that the um the the, the fucking Dodgers are like a mediocre to bad team. They're
1: not. It's just like that's ridiculous,
0: and no team does it for a reason. And so to compare the Padres to that, I think is unfair to the Padres over the course of a full hundred sixty two games, or I guess however many we get this year. I actually think it'll be close. Um, the Dodgers are thinning out a couple positions. Not anything major, but we're talking about margins here, the difference between these two teams. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, maybe the fact that Justin Turner is aging or may not even be on the Dodgers next year is the deciding factor for why the Padres take over the NL West. I don't know. But it's going to be close. I really do think so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I personally call me biased, but I think the Padres are now you know, over the top. I think they've officially surpassed the Dodgers because, listen, it was close last year. It was neck and neck last year towards the end of the season, you know. The Padres offense was just so good, it it kind of buoyed the faltering pitching staff once those injuries hit, and I think now that you are, you know, I'm not going to jinx it, I think it's too early to jinx it, but you're almost injury proof because of how deep your starting pitchers are and how deep you are, you know, at top end pitching prospects, you know, you have Adrian Morjon um Morion uh, No, no idea much more correct. Uh McKenzie Gore, you have guys that you can, you know, bring in still and uh, I think they are in a much better position both depth and top end talent. Well, I can't say top end talent wise cuz they have Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, but who (laughs) you know i will say fernando tatis and manny machado are are definitely there to give them runs for their money i think it is it really is just gonna come down to a hair
0: yeah i mean the the padres finished six games back of the dodgers which over the course of a 60 game season is a lot of games over the course of a 162 game season ain't shit yeah it really it really isn't um yeah, man, we'll, we we will talk at the very least if the Dodge if the Padres don't beat the Dodgers in the standings to take NL West, the Padres are positioned very well for a deep playoff run, which as we saw from the Nationals in 2019 can be accomplished even as a wild card. Um, Corwin, anything else to say before we bounce?
1: Not at all. Go Padres. Oh, we also signed the uh, biggest international free agent this year, but we'll talk about that next week.
0: <laughs> we can only talk about so many things in our shortened recording window for this week so you'll have to stay tuned into 2021 to hear about that signing Uh, thank you again for sticking with us for 2020 if you're a new fan we're happy you're here if you left us eat our balls Um, if you want to follow if you want to follow us on twitter you can do so at juicingpod if you want to hit us up via email you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com and uh until monday the new year y'all have a good one
1: that